Your life is an opportunity. We live deliberately, relentlessly pursuing our goals. We don't settle for mediocrity. We aspire to greatness. We are mindful of the process, but we demand results. We embrace our role as leaders, and we lead by example. There is no finish line. We are leveling up every day until the end. We will win together. Welcome to the Efficient Victory Podcast. Today, I am very excited to have a guest who has a lot of experience in real estate. Every few episodes, we dive deep into real estate. And today, I have Chris Prefontaine, who's an expert in buying and selling on terms. He's the founder, CEO, and coach at Smart Real Estate Coach, the wicked smart companies. So Chris, thanks for coming on today. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I look forward to chatting and hopefully we'll give some nuggets to the audience while we're doing that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. When I um when I was doing some research for the interview, I started watching your videos and there's so much information out there. You've been doing this real estate game a long time, longer than me, which is rare for me to have a guest on um, <laughs> with that qualification. But you know, to be honest with you, the first thing and the thing that really stood out and the thing that I really loved about learning about you is the family aspect of your business and the fact that you work with your sons. Did I get that right? Uh, yes, yeah, son-in-law, Zach, and son, Nick. Uh, my daughter used to be in the biz, but she has two great kids now. But so that, it's a family company for sure. Yep. That's phenomenal. Um, when we're not talking about real estate, we're usually talking about fatherhood and parenting and stuff. So to combine the two, that was a thrill for oh. me to see. And it's, um, it's something I'm looking towards in the future. So I have a 14-year-old and a nine-year-old. And I was like, maybe I can ask Chris, how, uh, how did the interest develop from the children to get involved in the business? Hey, good question. Um, yeah, I wish I could say I had this like master plan and it was all orchestrated, but it wasn't. It was pretty organic. I was, when I came out of the crash in 08, I started doing this type of real estate because I think, frankly, it can work in any market, creative real estate. And so when I did that, I got real busy real fast. And around the fall of 14, I think it was, Nick, I asked Nick, he was a realtor at the time. I said, hey, can you help me with the buyer side of filling these properties? Because it's just getting crazy. And he did. And then um, about 15, my daughter and son-in-law were in the bartending business. We live on an island. So there's a lot of, you know, touristy. That's good money in bartending, but it's crappy hours and, and schedules. So uh, long story short, they moved from bartender and personal trainer to our biz, and that was 15. So from there, it grew, um, and, and the rest is history. So it's it's pretty neat how that came together. And everybody's in the same uh, different lane, Jeff. In other words, no one crosses over. Just That happened organically, too. Like Nick loves the buyer side. Zach loved replacing me in the seller side. Kayla liked running the office. So it just happened organically. That's a beautiful story. It's cool. Organically is the best way things work out when they find yep. themselves naturally. But let's dig into that. You mentioned uh, creative real estate. So for the audience, um, can you explain what you do with the buying and selling on terms? Sure. So for us, that means because creative real estate can go in, in the weeds. But for us, that means we buy only one of three ways. We buy uh, owner financing. And I'll kind of niche that down in a second. We buy subject to existing financing, meaning if you're new out there, we buy a property maybe totally different from the owner financing where someone's probably in good shape when they're selling subject to the existing loan, the loan stays in their name. So we buy the property, loan stays in their name. We're never guaranteeing any loans personally. I learned that in the crash the hard way. Um, and that is more prone to be with someone that is like, hey, I need financial relief tomorrow. Like just get this done for me. So those two ways. And then the third way is lease purchase. Um, lease purchase tends to be great for new students because 
we have our agreements, Jeff, where it's literally built in a $10 deposit. That's what's built in. You can control that property for 10 bucks. And the way we exit these, you're creating some serious, what we call three paydays for $10. Like it's almost out of thin air uh, once you understand the skill set and how to do it, right? And I'd imagine some of the skill set is uh, educating the seller on why they should enter a contract for $10 or overcoming some possible skepticism or how do, how do you do that? Yeah, you're right in a sense because it becomes, okay, so when someone's brand new, they always go, how do you convince the seller? You know, that's always the question. You don't. All you do is you, you get really good. You know, you got to know the scripts. First of all, the skill set piece. But once you get good with the scripts, you know what questions to ask the seller. And if the seller has a challenge, be it financial or other, or they are trying to accomplish a goal that the market won't give them conventionally, then you solve for that. In other words, you give them the solution. Quick example. I'm standing in a building today with you. Sometimes I'm at my home office that we bought owner financing. We bought it from a gentleman who was free and clear. That's who we tend to deal with. No mortgages. And he actually was one of the largest landowners on the island. So there was no convincing him like he gets owner financing. In fact, he was looking to sell it only owner financing because he had tax issues that he wanted to make sure he, he did over time. And then he had estate planning reasons to do it. So so we just solved for that and said, OK, I can do that. And here's how we came to agreement on the terms. If he needed that cash tomorrow to go buy something for his family, then that we won't we wouldn't be the solution. So you just listen. And if you can solve, you solve for it. That's all. Sorry, that's a long answer to a good question. No, that was concise. And I love uh, I love owner financing. I love the concept of subject two. I've never personally done one, but I do have people coming to me saying, like, I have this opportunity to go subject two. And what they're always worried about is the due on sale clause. And I tell them, you know, banks don't call notes due. But how do you approach that? Yeah, you're right. I, I, well, let me say this from a disclosure for me and you like, hey, I, it might happen to you, but it's never happened to me. And it's never happened to you, Jeff. And and so a couple of things you can do. And this isn't legal advice. It's just how we do it and how our attorneys tell us to do it. So number one, yes, keep the bill paid. They're not in the business of real estate. But to be safer, even you can do a number of things. One is how you name it, how you title it. So, for example, again, this is, I'm not an attorney. This is how we're told to do it. We put it in, if it's your home, Jeff, and you lived on 123 Yellow Street, um, I would take title to that in 123 Yellow Street, Higgins Family Trust. And the reason I do that is the Garen St. Germain Act was back in, gosh, 80-something, 80 82 maybe. And that allowed families, for example, to, I'm being simple here, but families to transfer assets and not trigger the do on sale. So when we do that, that's our intent perception-wise, number one. Number two, you can do a land contract or a contract for deed, which means the deed sits in the in the drawer of the attorney. It's it's held in escrow. It doesn't actually get recorded yet. So, and I'm going to be in 10,000 foot, very basic, but the point is get a good attorney that knows these. And I can tell you that's not, it's not always easy. We have one now that hits 32 states and knows how to do these, but that took years to get to that point. Uh, talk about nuggets. We're six minutes into the show and I'm learning stuff like that is a phenomenal way to approach it. <laughs> I love that. Um, you mentioned briefly 2008. It sounds like 2008 caused you to reevaluate how you looked at the real estate market and and pivot. Um, what led you to the conclusion that you wanted to go, you know, selling on terms and buying on terms from there? Uh, two things. One was uh, I mentioned just a piece of it earlier, and that was uh, by signing personally on bank debt. I had 23 or whatever the number is, 22, 23 properties that were either projects or properties that I signed on personally leading up to the crash. Why? Because I had good credit. I thought that's what you do. I was in real estate for a lot of years before that crash. I mean, this is my 32nd year. So I thought, okay, that's what you do. You sign personally, you can get, it was easy money. 
Um, fact is, every one of them, with no exceptions, because of the crash, the banks came looking. Hey, we're going to need to foreclose. Are you going to pay up? Or you know, it was a headache, major headache. So it took me four years to dig out of that and get my legs and go, do I want to be in real estate? Like that's how bad it was. February of eight to February of 12. And in 12, I said, okay, but here are the rules. Uh, we're not signing personally on bank debt ever, unless it's for personal house. You just can't find one somewhere else, but that's the general rule. Uh, we're not putting gobs of cash down. Like I said, $10 for, for a deposit. If you're taking title, you might have to pay transfer tax, but no, no, no big down payments. Um, and we're doing everything on terms the way we just described. Uh, so that's one. The second reason I pivoted to create real estate was I was sort of tired, Jeff, of getting paid once. Like it's good money. Don't get me wrong. I, I love all the years I've been in real estate. Build a house, get paid. Do a flip, get paid. Do a project, get paid. Okay, good. But it was feeling like I was sort of on a treadmill. It was like transactional. Do it and get paid. So we went and built this, what we trademarked federally is the three payday system where you get paid now, sure, but you also get monthly income and then longer term income. So you get the best of all worlds because that's a good business model for anyone, right? If you can get paid now, over time and long term, it doesn't matter if you're in real estate or what that works. So those are the two big reasons that I pivoted. It's it's so awesome to have you on because um, I do a lot of the things that you don't do as far as sign personally and uh, get paid once and stuff like that. And it, it really speaks to the fact that real estate is beautiful and that there are so many different ways to find what works for you. Like um, with personal debt, I would imagine uh, like in keeping your LTV in a reasonable position protects you as well. But I completely get where you're coming from as far as um, never, you know, making a rule. I'm not going to sign personally and sticking to it. It's kind of like I don't like short term rentals, but I see a lot of people making a lot of money in short term rentals. So, you yeah, know, God bless them. But um. One of the questions that I know my audience asks me a lot is just like, is today a good time to buy? You talk about the market conditions in 2008, and I'm sure you have opinions on what people should do today. Um, I just an opinion because I'm not an economist and the billionaires don't know what the what the market's going to do. But my opinion is get really good at creative real estate because the one constant in real estate and that is it's going to keep changing. And it drives me nuts when people say, well, I'm going to wait for this or I'm going to wait for that. I'm going to wait for the peak. I'm going to wait for the valley. Just get really good at structuring deals in the creative finance world so that you know how to pivot. So I'll give you a quick example. When COVID first, first hit, sellers were panicky, right? They needed a guide. So our, our community, the, the students, had an enormous amount, like three times the normal amount of properties they put on the agreement. But then three months later, when the market got really hot, no longer was that so easy. You had to talk to a lot more sellers to do that. So it changed from, I'll talk to every FISBO for sale by owner, to, uh-oh, they're selling right now. So I got to go talk to another list. So again, pivoting and fishing in the right pond, depending on what the market's doing. Um, so you don't feel like if the market goes up, down or sideways that you're, you're in a bad spot. You should never be in a bad spot. You should understand how to do that. Oh, here's another quick example. In this market right now, yes, rates are going up. So conventionally people are screaming and the media is screaming. But if you and I can go out and buy sub two properties on existing loans that have rates of 2.2 to 4.2, that's what's going on right now. You can buy those homes with that kind of underlying debt. And I don't know when that's gonna ever happen again to be that low. And that's a really cool thing to know right now. And so again, being aware of what's going on, pivoting to capitalize on exactly what's going on. And you, you're not just capitalizing it for you, you're being a guide for buyers and sellers that think that there's no other way. Um, so yeah, I think it's very important to do that. Now, if you, if you understand the subject to opportunity right now, it's probably the best opportunity out there right now. But that's where your company comes in perfectly is because how do you do that? You, you need someone that knows how to do it to advise you. So 
I like the hole you're filling in the market being somewhere you can turn to to learn how to take advantage of the opportunities in the present day. Well, yeah, yep. this is not new, right? You just brought up a huge point. Like sometimes a seller will say to me, oh, I didn't hear this. I said, well, it, I politely as I can, I say it's been around since 1600s. I used to say 1800s and I was reading a book that, um, what's his name? Um, Anderson Cooper put out about his family. They actually, the reason I read it is I'm in Newport, Rhode Island and, and you know, on the famous cliff walk, they built the house years ago and his family had all this wealth. But he talked about his family buying real estate in New York City in the 1600s before banking. So this isn't new stuff. And to your point, if you just know who's in the space and not who was, but who's in the space still and who's been through a couple kind of market cycles, and there's a ton of people that, that are in that category, not just us, then that's who you want to hang out with. Because it, it's not brain science. Why recreate the wheel, right? Yeah, I've, I've heard you speak online about the importance of experience as a real estate coach. Is, yeah. is that something you're seeing? Is that a lot of inexperienced people are getting out there and offering coaching services? Yeah, I just, I literally have, have met people that either are one of two categories that drive me nuts. And it's important for your listeners to go, yeah, I'll stay away from that. Or I'll at least interview this way. I'll interview people and make sure they're good. And that is one they uh maybe three one they did stuff a long time ago and they're not current I'm, I'm talking about even if you catch someone that hasn't done a deal since COVID, it's different it's totally different now never mind 20 years ago uh two they're in the coaching space but they're just a really really good marketer so you see their thing i mean we stink at marketing but i can tell you how to do a deal so i'm a complete opposite um so i'd stay away from that and then three people that haven't been through at least at least one cycle preferably two and preferably someone that's gone through some personal challenges along with that too. Like, you know, I had, we had the market cycles. We had our son, when my son, Nick, who's literally a couple of doors over, had a head injury from a snowboard accident, was in a coma in 2003. Like this stuff goes on and business has to keep going. So I think it's important when you pick someone to go hang out with, or you said like, you can ask, pick it wisely. Very important. Absolutely. That is a, a great point. And, um, Wow, that's that's terrible. We went through that. I'm glad that he's working a couple doors down from you now. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That um that good marketer problem. That's not just the real estate. Like you see it in all sorts of industries, from you know, especially finance. But you even see fitness people that just started working out a year ago, and now they're a personal trainer. But yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> the other thing I I wanted to ask you about is you meet a lot of people that want to escape their nine to five job and they want to you know work for themselves and you help them aid in that transition what does it take for them to do that yeah um uh, okay in no particular order priority wise <clears throat> uh, i'm just thinking of students like the best answer is always to give you examples so if a student comes in I, and we, i have one of mine mike in california but if they come in and they go okay number one i'm clear i want to be out of my w2 and here's why like he had a 12-hour day he had a baby on the way like he's just i'm done with it high pace six six days a week so be clear. Uh, secondly, be clear why you want out because it's not just to make X. It's not just to start your business. It's got to be an emotional why you're doing this. And then third, be 100%. This is the tough part. Be 100% open to the plan that myself or someone else will lay out for you because this is predictable. If you do A, we'll get you to B. If you do B, we'll get you to C. It is that predictable, but it's not easy. Uh, as you'll probably agree, entrepreneurship is not easy. I don't care what business and, and certainly real estate is no exception. So we can structure a predictable plan if, in fact, um, you're ready and serious and committed. Now, how long does it take? Depends on the person. Uh, Mike, in that example, is very conservative. He said, Chris, I want to do this in two years. This was February of 17. I literally flew to his market and he, he told me, I want to do this in two years. 
and I need this much in a bank, or I need to see this many three payday deals kind of lined up on my spreadsheet in order to make this move. Now, other people might say, hey, I only need this much. I'm set up financially good. Do this in a year. So it just depends on the person. Uh, we just had a guy in New Hampshire, actually, Rick, leave the government. Uh, he was employed by the government for 30 years as an engineer, 30. And he just left May 19th, uh, not too long ago. Uh, and he's full-time real estate. It took him like three years. Everybody's different. So there's just a couple examples. Well, congratulations to Rick. Shout out there. Good, for, yeah, good yeah. for him. 30 years government employee. Really? I mean, what's, what's your excuse, listening? It's, it's available. The opportunity in real estate is available. Agreed. Um, I, I love the way you do the interviews because it's just all information, like quick. And I like to talk quick and move through things quickly. And actually- Well, New England, that, right? That's yeah. just what it is. New England. 100%. So actually, the last thing I wanted to ask you about was um, your book, Real Estate on Your Terms. Um, how is the process of writing that? Do you have another book that you're looking to write or, or just talk to me about the book writing process? Cause it's something I know I'm interested in doing and some listeners are as well. Yeah. I'm happy to hook you up because I've got, I've learned some things that I'll give you right now, but I've also got some context in it. So, okay. The first book, Real Estate in Your Terms, which your, your whole audience can get, we'll give them a link for free, the hard copy, everything, no shipping. Um, that one was written with, now it's called Forbes book. It was Advantage Media. And so it was like, a whole process of interviewing me uh, to see the model so they understood it because they're good. They want to get in it and then bringing to the table a writer who would then interview however fast you want to do it, they'll do. But I think we did it weekly for a long time. And they'll, so then they'll interview you. They'll have the video, uh, the audio file rather, and then they'll get that in writing to you. And presumably it's the same and you, you help them edit it that way. So you, you co-write it, but it's all you. Um, that's one way. Uh, that can be more expensive. Um, so the second book we came out with, New Rules of Real Estate, we did it from a bunch of uh, podcast guests, like you and I talking, and we took each niche. It wasn't just creative, right? It was each niche so that the, the reader could say, ah, cool, I get exposed to all this. Now, what do I want to hone in on first? Uh, and that was uh, self-published. And Deal Structure Overtime, which they'll get as part of the free package, self-published. Um, I do... Highly recommend if you can put a team together, do something like that, or you can sub out, you know, subcontract out certain parts of it. And I'm happy to help you. I, I know I'll be here. I appreciate that so much. And all of this information will be in the show notes. You can check it out. Chris is a really busy guy. I appreciate him coming on, but he's got to go help people leave their nine to fives and teach them the ins and outs <laughs> of buying and selling on terms. So Chris, thanks so much for being here today. And uh, I, I appreciate it, buddy. Let me give you tribe the um, the link uh, just for you guys. So it's wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash victory. So we know it came from from this show. And again, you're going to get a free package right from this office. Sue's going to mail it out to you and you won't be asked to put your credit card in for shipping like so many people do on a free offer. Unbelievable. That is phenomenal. And I encourage everyone to do that. And I am positive that people will. So thanks again, Chris, and uh, enjoyed having you on. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Jeff. Love it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Men's Victory Alliance. We need your help in spreading the light to other men who need it. Please leave a rating and review so we can grow and get the message out. Follow us on socials and YouTube. We are always working on providing value to the man who is looking to level up and win.